This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week, we preview the basketball, swimming, and squash seasons. They all get going this weekend. Plus, we talk to our Bobcats of the week and look back at the 2017 football season. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The football team fell 35-14 to on the road to the Hamilton Continentals Saturday afternoon to wrap up the 2017 season. The Bobcats scored on the opening drive when junior Kyle Flaherty punched it in from a yard out to give Bates the lead. The Bobcats held on to the 7-0 advantage until the very end of the first half when Hamilton tied the game at 7. But the second half belonged to the Continentals, with Sam Robinson taking the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. That started a third quarter that saw Hamilton outscore Bates 21-0. Bates did score in the fourth quarter on a 51-yard touchdown pass from first-year Brendan Costa to senior Brian Daly, but it was a little too late as the Bobcats finished their season with a record of 2-7. and seven. Head coach Mark Harriman looks back on the game and the year. As I mentioned earlier, I think we were two pretty evenly matched teams, um, and I think the, the first half probably proved that the you know the issue that that we came upon in in the early in the second half was just uh you know they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown which obviously we we can't allow that to happen and then we had some um we had some miscues uh in our fielding the ball on 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 our kick returns and and uh didn't necessarily one was a turnover that you know uh, allowed them to to score and the others just didn't put us in very good field position so those things are, you know, obviously things that um, weren't weren't typical of us this year. And, and uh, uh, but again, you know, all three phases of the game are always important, and uh, we didn't we didn't get it done in special teams on Saturday. Opening drive of the game, marched down for a touchdown. Are those plays scripted beforehand? I know a lot of teams do that. Yeah, normally we'll script before, and uh, with us, a lot of it becomes formational as much as the play itself, and just to see how how uh, the the uh, you know the defense is going to line up, and then um, try to take advantage of it from there. So, what really worked you saw on that opening drive? Well, I think you know we we were able to uh, spread them out a little bit. Um, they were playing, trying to play eight guys in the box a lot, so. We're, uh, we were able to, you know, run some seam routes and, and have some success with that. And then I think running the football up the middle was, you know, a little more successful because of what they were trying to do on, on the outside. It seemed like Kyle Flaherty really came on this season towards the end because I know there were some injuries to the dive back, but he got a lot of carries towards the end. What do you notice from him in terms of his growth? Obviously a mainer right here uh, at base. Yeah, no, um, he, you know, he, he just – got better and better every week. I mean, if you look, he's never played the position. You know, he was a, a slot back for us. So technically, yeah, he's he's in his junior year, but he's in his first year as, mm-hmm. at, at that position. So I think he really, um, you know, really came on and took a, a lot of the lion's share of the load once Peter went down and, and really stepped up and did a great job, along with Matt. I think Matt Golden did a great job there as well. 
Yeah, the dive back, obviously, much different from the slot back. You don't get as much of the glory, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's a, it's a little bit more of a, you know, a, a lunch pail type position. And, uh, you know, I think both those guys have the mentality that um, they're going to they're gonna make, make um, what they do really important and just, you know, be sure that um, whenever they have the opportunity to make a play that they're going to do it. I remember last year when we did the last interview for the season, you mentioned, you know, the key in the offseason is going to be recruiting. I imagine that will be the case again, but I mean, it seems like last year you got some pretty good first years in here, so it must be pretty optimistic for next season. Yeah, I, you know, again, it, our goal is always to try to improve uh, our, our, you know, the, the, the type of athletes that we have on the field. And I think there are some guys in the first year class that, that um, are probably, um, you know, as close to tops of from an athletic standpoint that that we've had here I mean that that still doesn't necessarily equate into a great football player there's a lot of intangibles that go into that and um, we need to make sure that as we go through this this recruiting year that we certainly look for the talent but also you know make sure that we we vet guys as far as as I said some of those intangibles and then from a coaching perspective, what's going to be made some points of emphasis that, to improve upon from this year to next year, you think? Consistency. You know, I think that's the big thing. And some of it's youth at certain positions, but it's still, you know, again, it falls back on us as, as a coaching staff to make sure that we can be consistent. I mean, I, I think we showed flashes at times of being a, a pretty productive team. You know, certainly the, the schedule is front-loaded from the standpoint of playing the yeah, you know, arguably the one and two teams, not even arguably. I mean, yeah. the, the records show it that, you know, the one and two teams in the conference are our first two games. Um, so that's all, you know, that's always a challenge. Uh, but we've got to make sure that, again, irregardless of who we're playing, that our, our, our intensity level, our, our um, you know, our execution is, is consistent. Were there any guys who stood out to you in terms of, uh, I know you gave awards each week, who stood out on Saturday? You know, we again, I think McCoy Nickel, I thought, played very well. Um, you know, some guys on defense did a great job. John Lindgren had another good game. Um, I, I think, you know, Ty Harrington played well. Uh, the guys up front, you know, they kind of get lost. But I think Dylan Rosh coming back from from knee surgery um, has played as well in the last couple of games as, as, as a lineman, uh, as an offensive lineman that we've had here in the last few years. Yeah, he's one of those um, 15, 16 seniors um, uh, on this team. Uh, what are your thoughts on them in terms of, you know, now they're graduating and going out into the world or grad school or wherever? Yeah, well, you know, for, for a class, to have a, a graduating class, of that size is a little bit unique in in the NESCAC and uh, so it's a tribute to them and it, with their commitment to the program I mean there's some you know obviously there's the guys that you hear about on a weekly basis when they get their name in the paper and all that but there's a lot of other guys that um, you know fly below the radar a little bit and 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 then we even have a few guys that that do not play much you know and, and for them to me those are the guys that uh, are going to go on and be successful for for someone to go through four years of of college football and and realize that you know they're out there every day because they love the sport and because they love being around their teammates, uh, irregardless of how much time they're going to get on the field on Saturday. To me, is really special. 
Great. And then I guess just hear our thoughts on the season in general and what you're most looking forward to for your uh, 21st year next year. Yeah, well, more wins. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean that's the thing. I mean, you know, obviously, the, for the seniors, I'm happy that they were the first team to, to be able to capture four CBB titles. But, uh, you know, it, that's great. But it's it's certainly, you know, when you're, it's all said and done, we want to win more football games. And, you know, both as a coaching staff and as players, we got to do a better job throughout this off season and into next season to make sure that happens. The cross-country teams both finished in fifth place at the NCAA Regionals on Saturday in Gorham. Senior Stephen Rowe led the men's team and earned all New England honors by placing 30th out of 370 runners. And he is our male Bobcat of the Week. Joined by our male Bobcat of the Week, Stephen Rowe, here on the Bobcast. And Stephen, first of all, I mean, your first time participating at New England, you get all New England honors as a senior. I mean, that must have been a really great experience. What was that like? Yeah, it uh, felt really extraordinary. I knew within the first two miles that I was having a really good race. I was moving up within the pack, uh, and I was working with my teammates, um, Ben Zanelli and Matt Morris, and we just kept moving up, and through two and a half miles, I knew it was going to be an extraordinary race, and then just closed out hard. So that's interesting. So you can tell like almost right away that it's going to be a good race. How, what, what factors do you look for? Yeah. So for us and for what Coach really emphasizes to us is that we need to start out patient. So we take a controlled first mile. And usually within that first mile, you can really feel how the race is starting to develop. Uh, in that first mile, it felt smooth. It was easy. It came through at like a 5.13, which is a pretty slow first mile. Um, but then we progressively moved up. Uh, and outside that second mile, it still felt pretty smooth and pretty easy. But at the same point in time, I could tell that in the pack in front of us, people were starting to fall off. We were starting to move past them. Uh, and so at that point, we realized that we're in a position now where we can really compete over the back half of the race and start to take people off one by one. And that sets you up to have a really strong race. And then for you personally, um, since you, you're a senior now, from, from your first year to now, what have you been most worked on? What have you been most working on throughout your time as a runner here? Yeah. So Coach has worked really extensive with me on my stride uh, and my efficiency as a runner. Uh, I came in. So I'm, kid from small town Ohio which is the world's worst stride ugliest running form um, and you know, coach worked really really hard with me on getting myself to loosen up particularly up top uh, getting me to extend my stride extend off my back leg uh, and it's something we've worked really hard on over the years and uh, on the race on Saturday I just thought about my stride throughout the first three miles uh, and for as long as I could focus on really staying efficient staying upright uh, and that really helped out in my race Great. So, well, take us back to when you were looking at colleges, when you were, um, you know, high school senior or whatnot. Being from Ohio, how did you first hear about Bates? How did you first know you wanted to come here? Yeah, so my parents were pretty plugged into the small liberal arts college world, um, and I'd already known that I wanted to go to a small liberal arts college. Uh, luckily for me, my sister had forged the path a little bit and went to another NESCAC school. Uh, so I knew the NESCAC was out there. So when I looked, I went to East Coast schools. Um, and you know, I came to Bates, and the philosophy of Bates really struck me uh, as something that really sort of suited me. And then I came back for an overnight with the team, and that's when it really sealed my decision that I wanted to come to Bates. Everyone I met on the team instantly welcomed me in as a community member, didn't treat me differently. I was very interested in what I had to say. I found they were incredibly intellectually curious, too, and funny, uh, which I thought was really, really special coming from a group of athletes. So I applied, got accepted, came here. My sophomore year, I ended up becoming roommates with my overnight hosts. Uh, so for me, it's been pretty giant happy circle and now you do some work for admissions tell us about that yes i do uh so for me it's really important uh to sort of 
spread the message of liberal arts. Uh, I come from a background. I went to a small rural public school where not a lot of people would go on to college and those who did almost never went out of state and almost never went to a liberal arts college uh, in part because there's a belief that liberal arts colleges were simply too expensive for a lot of people to go to um, which uh, from Bates perspective is simply not true we have a absolutely magnificent financial aid department um, and it's really important for me that people understand that liberal arts colleges give you extraordinary opportunities and particularly Bates has given me extraordinary opportunities and I just want to share that with every prospective student who comes to Bates. And then um, do you talk about much about your experience as a runner on the cross-country team to prospective students at all? Yes I do. Uh, I think you know Competing here has been really important for my development, uh, not only as an athlete, but as a person as well. It teaches you really valuable skills, for example, time management. Um, it allowed me my first year coming in to really structure my day, which helped me adjust to the academic work and the academic course load here. So I think being an athlete has really reflected itself in my academic tra uh, trajectory as well. So now, now you're a senior, cross-country season's over. you run track at all? Yes, I do. I run yeah. both indoor and outdoor track. What events are you going to be running? Uh, so I'm primarily 5K, 10K, uh, but during the indoor season, I will also occasionally run at 3K, too. Okay, so obviously athletics still going on for you, but are you looking for the future in terms of grad school, jobs, thinking about that yet at all? Uh, yeah, so I've applied actually for Fulbright, uh, combined English teaching research assistantship uh, in Austria. Nice. So that is my number one choice <laughs> right now. I'm really hoping that uh, pans out. Yeah. Um, and if not, I'm also looking at different jobs and fellowships as well, including the Carnegie Fellowship. Um, so hopeful for the future, and I know Bates has prepared me very well. Well, yeah, we have a great tradition here at Fulbright, especially it seems like from cross-country and track. That was part of the reason I got interested in the Fulbright program. Yeah. Uh, Michael Creeden, who was a senior my first year, uh, won a Fulbright to Brazil, uh, and he was just a phenomenal guy. He was a phenomenal runner and a more phenomenal student, um, and so I talked with him about the program, and I'm I really enjoyed the process, and I'm looking forward to finding out if they accept me. All right, definitely something to look forward to. Stephen Rowe, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The number 16 nationally ranked Bates women's cross-country team received the disappointing news Sunday that it was not chosen as a team to compete at the NCAA championships. In spite of an outstanding season and a fifth-place finish out of 56 squads at regionals. Bates will still be represented at nationals, however, as senior captain and female Bobcat of the Week Catherine Cook finished fourth out of 393 runners, earning her second straight All-New England honors. Well, certainly a bittersweet week for our female Bobcat of the Week, uh, Catherine Cook, here on the Bobcast. First of all, individually, you had to be thrilled with your performance. I mean, at New England, you got fourth overall, qualifying for nationals as an individual. How, how gratified were you by what you did out there? I felt like I just had a really lucky day. Um, I, I feel like sometimes you go onto a course and... Um, are just pretty relaxed, and that's how I felt yesterday. And um, so I was personally um, really happy with the way the race went. It felt like a satisfying way to um, kind of finish out the season. The team itself, a fifth-place finish, same as last yeah. year. Last year was good enough. This year, for some reason, the committee decided it wasn't. I mean, the, obviously, the, you must have been happy with the way the team performed, but the, some things are out of your control, right? Yeah, so the that was something that was really shocking for all of us. Um, the team this year has been so incredible. Um, there's so much talent on the team, and um, everyone has been successfully beating their own records and success and um, and continuously just moving up in the ranks. And we beat a lot of really great teams. And so at um, so at regionals, the fact that we were beat by some of the best teams in the country um, should not at all bar us bar the team from nationals they are 100 percent good enough so that's why this is 
so frustrating, but um, the team definitely still deserves to be so proud and um, still, I think, should recognize themselves as having um, as having accomplished amazing things this season. As one of the leaders on the team, I mean, when you found out you, the team wasn't going, did you say anything to your teammates or anything? How did that go? Um, we actually just kind of all sat in silence mm. for a few minutes, but really, I just, I hope they know that my time would, that like, I just wish they were all there too, and they 100% deserve to be there, and that when I race, it'll be for for the team, and um, I want to wear all seven of their numbers while while running this, and um, but the, the younger girls on the team will definitely have this chance again. Um, and I'm just really grateful to have had all the races that I have with this particular group because I think it's the best team that we've had in a long time. So talking strategy-wise, you're going to be running by yourself. I yeah. mean, you, you have all the team with you, you know, in your mind, but realistically you're, you don't have the people to run with you normally do. So what's, what do you think that's going to be like? Have you talked to anyone about what that can be like? I have not mm-hmm. talked about that all that much yet. I think it'll be I've – never, I've never traveled and run a race by myself before. Um, I think it will <laughs> kind of be me fighting through a sea of strangers and trying to find my place. I'm going to do the very – best I can with that and I think we might there may be a runner or two from some neighboring colleges like um, there's one individual qualifier from Bowdoin who I hope that I can kind of buddy up with and maybe we can create a little pack together Um, but besides that it'll just be a challenge to see um, really what fighting through a sea of people can be like on my own. I imagine, I mean, you're a senior, but and luckily you got to compete at nationals as a team last year. But I imagine for like some of the, the younger the younger runners, this, this serves as great motivation for the future, doesn't it? Oh yeah. So Jay actually sent us out little um, little notes, just just motivating us, being like, okay, so next year we're coming back with a vengeance. Like yeah. everyone, get ready, and everyone know this. And I don't. And this team never ceases to amaze me. So even though we were. We are very prepared this year. I know that they'll be prepared next year and the year after that. And the year after that, um, there are a lot of really powerful, strong, um, determined women, and um, this will by no means be the last chance for them. I'm sure you've talked with some of the alums already about what's ahead, right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, a lot of people are just really shocked about mm-hmm. the the whole the, the team not going. And but um, so I've I've just been like kind of. Deliberating about what's this next week going to be like, um, which is a quick change of plans, and um, the alums are just ultimately they've just also expressed kind of equal shock. Hmm. Yeah, right, right, for for sure. Do you know much about the course you're going to be racing? I don't yet, to be honest. Um, I should know it more. I think it looks like a few. It looks like a few loops, like kind of maybe around a field and into some woods, but it's it looks like um, probably two and a half loops so um i assume it's probably going to be pretty flat because um the course later in the season are yeah (laughs) also the midwest like there might be no there might be like a little like foot foot high Mm -hmm. incline but that'll be it so let's hope (laughs) all right well any other thoughts on you know the season as a whole obviously uh, another great one for the team and some things you know you just can't control yeah um gosh the season as a whole so that just makes me feel nostalgic because this mm-hmm. is my, this is my last season, and um, I just think that this whole team has built me up the whole time, and I think they've built up each other, and I've just witnessed some of the most um, the most selfless 
selfless individuals like trying to help each other racing and um, just in everyday practice like teammates are more are more um, I feel like we're pulling each other along this year more than even more than we are worrying about ourselves and um, I just am really grateful to have finished up the year and my however many years it's been of running with with um, people who are so caring and so determined. Now it's time to preview six of our winter sports. Women's and men's swimming hosts Wesleyan and Trinity this Saturday at 1 p.m. in their first meet of the year. Head coach Peter Casares can't wait. It's a great time here at Tarbell Pool. The facility is fantastic for hosting meets just because the crowd can get right into it and right on top of it. And then this year in particular, we have both Trinity and Wesleyan here. So when you're talking about 120 athletes surrounding the pool plus the crowd, um, it should be loud and exciting, and it's going to be full of tons of fast races. Um, And fast is a relative term because it's the first meet of the year, so we haven't gotten to where we need to just yet, but the races will be tightly contested and the crowd will get loud and people will have to go fast into the finishes to win those races. So I'm excited to see that. Talk about the women's team a little bit. Uh, Logan McGill, Hope Logan, your two senior you know, leaders for this team. They have been key contributors their entire careers here. What, what can you say about them in terms of what they've done so far? Yeah, they are, um, they are professionals in their own way. Like each of them attacks the season a little bit different. One's an endurance swimmer, one's a sprinter. Um, one of them can slide and slip through the water. The other really kind of um, powers and, and, and takes control of the water around her. Um, I love both of them because they're so dependable and they're always there and they swim their best on relays. So they are fantastic um, leaders to have in the senior class for you um, who will always be there for their teammates when they get pushed um, and, when, and when it's time to really be there for them. And then some of the younger athletes as well, uh, Yannicka, Yannicka Ho, and then Monica Sears. Great debuts last year. I mean, you must be thrilled with the potential they have. Yeah. So we brought a couple of first-timers to Nationals mm-hmm. last year. Uh, one of our juniors, Lucy Faust, and then we had Yannicka, Monica, and uh, Hannah, who were all freshmen last year. I'm very excited to have that returning squad come back with the experience of, hey, I went a lifetime best at the biggest meet of the year, so I know how to do it, and I know I can do it. Um, And they're all great people to watch. And when the season gets going and we get into our routine and we really find our rhythm, they're going to be doing things right. And it will be a great example, them and the seniors, um, to just watch how to handle the season, how to get ready for meets, um, how to balance all of your work in school, um, and how to be great when you need to be. Um, Because we have people that have done that and figured it out. So there's a lot of great examples for this women's team. Sure, and obviously it's a you know, pretty big team. Are there some, maybe some under-the-radar, quote-unquote, swimmers who have not been in Nationals who have impressed, impressed you a lot early on here in, in training? Yeah, we've got a lot of people that came back in shape, and we have a lot of people. Um, we have obviously a lot of freshmen on the team this year. And one of the exciting things, I mean, if you look at our roster from top to bottom, we got really big about four or five years ago, sitting about 30 women. Now we're sitting about 20, 10 less. And although I do love numbers and I do love the depth that 24 to 28 gives us, right now I'm very excited about the opportunity for people to step up. And there's a lot of roles to be played out there, and there's a lot of people that are going to get to develop second and third events and find themselves going fast in events that maybe they didn't get a lot of chances at in the years past because of our depth, because of the squad that we had and the talent. Um, and so this year is going to be a, a great opportunity for some of those surprises 
but also for some people to do what they've really been wanting to do. Now let's take a look at the men's team. Um, obviously, you get the core back from last year, right? You know, you got your Pender, you got your Ewing, you got your Bedard, you got your Depew, right? Yeah, I mean, those guys are all top eight swimmers at NESCAX. Um, three of my guys that went to nationals last year, Pender, Ewing, and Depew, are all back this year. We graduated Dan Walpole, who was a great leader. Um, but to know that Alex Bedard is right there, and he was only a tenth slower last year um, in certain events, is is just very comforting. So we feel like we have a lot of strength there. Um, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing from the men's team in terms of their depth, in terms of their preparation, in terms of what they learned from last year. And I feel like you know we're in a position now. Um, again, we're not huge. Um, but we're in a position now where we've never been deeper and we could do something you know, no team has ever done and score even higher than we did last year when that was a breakthrough year. Because each year the men's team seems to be setting new standards. Yeah, it's been a fun run. I mean, it seems like that's the common theme for us is we're a little bit better than last year. We're a little bit better than last year. And when you come off a season where you broke 27 school records, where you had um, a 12th place finish for your women and a 24th for your men, and those were both the combined program best with both of them scoring at the meet. And then we had 10 academic All-Americans. You go, what else can we do? Um, and so we're trying to find ways to not replicate last year, but create a new identity for this year um, and find ways to win, whether it might be a couple more points here and there, a couple more people to nationals, a couple more top eight finishes at NESCACs, maybe a, an all an all NESCAC finish for more people, more relays. Um, and we'll see which one of those little little bits that you can take throughout the year show show improvement from the last year. Um, and they're in a position, you know, to do that. The men's team looks like they're ready to tear some of that stuff apart. Any first years we should know about? Yeah, we've got a, a bunch of good first years. A really solid um, 400 IMer, um, and Nick Antoinellis. Um, he came in great shape and is working really hard. Um, Drew Beeland, our current record holder on the team, is also very talented, but boy, is he going to have his hands full. They should have a good time training this year together, and I wouldn't be surprised if both of them go underneath the school record. Um, and then, you know, we've got some freshman boys that have thrown down some great backstroke sets, um, looked good. We have a couple in the distance lanes that are really impressing me. Um, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very excited on the women's side. So solid, so solid with our women that are freshmen. Um, Carolyn Apathy is a freshman. She has some of the fastest times coming in. Um, so I have a feeling she'll be playing a role on some of our relays and, and some of those top eight um, some of those top eight uh, performances at NESCAC possibly head off to the national meet this year. But there's like four or five right behind her that I go, wow, with a couple of improvements and a couple of um, breakthrough swims, you'll be right there going B cuts also. So it's fun to know that we have the depth and the talent, and now we get to see what people are going to do. The men's and women's squash teams visit Bowdoin on Friday and host Connecticut College on Saturday to get their seasons underway. Senior Captain Ani Nambiar joined the Bobcast to preview the men's team's chances this year. Ani, you're a senior now. You're one of the captains. But take us back when you were um, a first year. And what kind of have been the major lessons you've learned throughout your career about what it takes to succeed you know, at squash at Bates and what you've told some of the younger guys about that? When I came in as a first year, I was extremely nervous about pretty much everything that happens uh, on court and off court at Bates. And I think the biggest lesson that helped me improve the most was just taking it easy like you can't get angry during matches you can't um get frustrated with yourself too much because that just puts you in a downward spiral 
uh, f my freshman year, I think I must have smashed about four or five of my own rackets uh, out of anger. And I played in the starting lineup for maybe only about 20% of the games. And then the next year I came in just thinking, you know what, calm it down. And there I was playing four or five on the ladder immediately. It's just like an instant change when you just, with a calmer mindset. And I think that's the biggest tip I'd give to everyone going up, that the best way to improve, along with like putting in actual effort and going to the gym and playing on uh, soloing and all that, is just being calm on court is just an attribute that people don't really talk about that a lot of champions, I'm sure, have. Sure, you guys are constantly competing against each other in practice for spots in the lineup. What's that like? So that's another one because when you come in as a first year, you're thinking, oh, the co all the coach sees is our challenge matches and how we play against each other. And then you realize that more important than beating your opponents is to beat uh, beating your teammates is to beat your opponents on other teams. And um, you don't really realize that as a first year, which is why the matches can get really heated. And uh, you'll notice that, like, we don't put out these videos, but you'll notice that, like, within the team, there's a lot more temper flying around because you don't want to be beaten by your teammate that much. And I've just realized, again, as you grow older, you'll see that the kind of anger just goes down and people are just calmer as they progress and the juniors are calmer than the sophomores who are calmer than the freshmen. And I feel like just there's a lot less anger going up uh, as you start maturing a little bit more on court. We did a short video on this, but what was it like to have your first practice of the year with, with Coach Kosker there uh, at midnight? Yeah, that was, a, <laughs> that was a good experiment. I actually vouch for that because um, I really felt like for the last three years, the first, season of pr first day of practice, just coming in and like doing exactly what I've been doing preseason, it didn't really feel like season's begun. Like You feel November 1st, oh, well, this doesn't seem any different. So we, I felt like having that practice at midnight, even though some people may not have enjoyed it, some people enjoyed it more. <laughs> and, like, it's tough to stay up at 1 a.m. and play a challenge match. But having that practice at midnight really announced that that was the start of season, and people felt that. And, well, they felt that the next morning, too, when they couldn't wake up with their classes. But <laughs> especially that night, they knew season had officially started, and I loved it. Absolutely. I know you were all academic NESCAC last year. Uh, how do you balance the, the squash? Because there's a lot of dedication to it, and then also the academics here at Bates. Uh Yeah, that's always um, been a talking point for me because, like, I've been watching uh, my captain my freshman year was Nabil Salim, who was really good at balancing. He played very high up on the ladder and maintained his certainly high GPA. And you just learn to, like, prioritize your events um, you, sacrificing a weekend once in a while is not going to end the world. Like, sacrifice a weekend to put in a little extra work for your homework or, like, um, just coming back from class and saying, this is my rest time. Well, you can sacrifice that every <laughs> once in a while and do your work or get your work done early. And I'm sure most of the people, uh, you, most of my friends you talk to would say, this kid doesn't study. He's spending all his time uh, playing video games or, like, playing squash or just sitting around watching movies which is just like you just have to be efficient with your time really when you're studying you're studying when you're playing squash you're playing squash but you can't be thinking about uh, playing squash while studying or uh, thinking about um, studying while playing squash and 
if you efficiently utilize your time, that's probably the best advice I can give you. Absolutely. Well, it's a young team. You're the only senior. Tell us about some of the first years we'll be introduced to this year. Uh, yeah, so this year we've got four freshmen. We've got um, Dylan Muldoon, who went to Choate, uh, Robbie Dewey, who went to Deerfield, Omar Atia, who went to Kent, and Kyle Larry from Chicago. And um, all the they're a blast. I love every single one. They've brought an energy to the team that I feel has been missing for a while. And just they improve team chemistry so much. Omar, really funny guy, always um, jumpy always, and really good on the court. He's beaten me in the last challenge match. He's like, uh, he's a good, pl- great player. Robbie Dewey is like, it's like watching myself as a freshman just coming in. Like, he, it's like a carbon copy of what I did freshman year. And uh, Dylan Muldoon is also like a little more reserved, but still really entertaining to talk to. And Kyle is just really fun all the time and you're going to see them on court uh, this Friday against Bowdoin and they're all top notch I have no doubts that they're going to have good seasons so I can't wait to see them in action see what they're made of really yeah and you're the only senior but we do have some top attorneys I know uh, Mahmoud Yusri was very good last year wasn't he yeah and uh, he's got to step it up this year because now he's (laughs) taking over uh, the mantle of the two Ahmeds Uh, and yeah for the last what five six years now we've had just Egyptians at number one and um he has a lot to live up to, I guess, in that front. No pressure, but right. I, uh, hopefully he um, – I, I have no doubt. He's, the amount of effort he puts in and the amount of talent he has, he will take over and do really well. Um, of course, like we have Ahmed Atata in a coaching position yeah. too right now, and with that kind of advice, Mahmoud can really step it up and take over, I guess. Yeah, with, uh, what is that like with having Ahmed still around, uh, how helping out you know, everyone? Uh, yeah, it's weird. Uh, personally for me it's a little weird because I mean I've been with him for three years now so he I don't consider him a coach I consider (laughs) him like a friend and a player Um, but I guess it's just for the past three years he's technically been coaching me playing him is his coaching me because I just get better every single time I play him and I guess for the first years this must be incredible because now he's actively going out of his way to tell people what they're doing right what they're doing wrong what they should do and it wasn't quite like that before where he'd just play you, um, destroy you on court, and then <laughs> you figure out what's going wrong. Yeah. Um, now when he's actually telling you, it cuts out a lot of time in between. And the f- first years and everyone else is going to learn so much more. And now that he's sharing his own workout regimen with us, we're really feeling it. And at least now I'm enjoying it because I know I'm going to improve. Junior captain Vicky Arjun is excited about the women's squash team's prospects especially once they get a number of key players back in January who are currently studying abroad. Vicki, you're one of the captains this year. What's that experience been like so far for you? Um, it's been a whirlwind, honestly. It's been super busy uh, trying to manage preseason and during season practices. Um, it's been quite, I mean, filling in my schedule has been pretty rough, but, I mean, it's always something to look forward to in the afternoon, going to practice with the girls and seeing them super excited to play. So it's been great. I know not a lot of people are studying abroad this fall, so they're a little bit undermanned team. But for the first years, that means they get to play right away against some good competition, right? Right. We have a bunch of super enthusiastic first years, um, both Katie and Maeve, who are veterans of squash, and they've been playing like for a while now. Um, they've been super excited to play on the college team. Um, Rhea, Tiffany, um, they're both like super, super enthusiastic and work extremely hard at practice. So it's been really great having a new and young group in um, to really man up on the team. So, yeah. And you've got Lutza here in the fall, uh, and she's obviously playing at number one, I'm sure. And so 
Uh, it's much nice to have that top player still there, right? Yeah, no, it's like having three abroad is pretty tough, but yeah. she's always extremely like motivating for the team um, because you know her work ethic really sort of pushes everyone's levels up, and um, it's great to have her presence there. So, what have the challenge matches been like so far? I know that's the basis of the of the practice time, right? We've had a couple. So during preseason, we kind of created this. Uh, mini tournament um, on your squash so based on everyone's rankings um, you play a different person on the team and then since season has started we've played a couple of like mock like garnet v white tournaments with the men's team um, and everything's been going pretty smoothly so far um, been extremely competitive it's always great being in the same building as the men's sort of like they motivate you like between games and um, it's been a real good preview to what the season's going to look like you're a junior now what do you think you've learned so far throughout your time what it takes to be a success at base in terms of squash and what you try to relate to the younger kids? Well, time management is yeah. a huge skill of mine, um, and I've learned that from boarding school for prior years before coming to Bates. Um, I think that trying to tell them to really, you know, put their academics first, that's, like, the, our number one priority. If you're ever, like, you know, like, in a stressful position, like, you always have, like, 20 other people on both, the, both teams to help you, and you're not in this alone. Um, we've, we've all been there. We've all been first year, so, like, we've had the same ex- exact experiences, if not very similar. Um, but to know that you have a huge support system behind you, I think, is what's key into making it a successful year, not just the season, but all around. Yeah. So you open at Bowdoin, uh, a rival, obviously, for every yeah. Bates sports team. <laughs> what have you told the younger kids about this rivalry and how important it is? Well, it's always been super important to beat Bowdoin and Colby, um, but we've pretty much told them that like the environment that we've created in our own building is what we need to recreate there. Um, it's really different because like the Bates off-campus courts are super colorful, with all the flags and the music going, and Bowdoin is a completely starkly different <laughs> environment. So to try and like encourage the girls to sort of move from what we're used to here and really like take that on to Bowdoin, I think is one of the biggest. Um, it's going to be one of the biggest challenges to have, but I think that everyone has been working pretty hard throughout the season, so their performance should sort of reflect that. I was going to say, the facilities here, I mean, it's off campus, but they're, they're very nice. I mean, oh, yeah. it must, yeah. Super, super nice. <laughs> but I think, like, one of the biggest things is that, like, we have, like, such a homey environment that we're, we're really comfort, comfortable and, like, set in that. And I think what's the most important is sort of, like, taking that over to, like, another court and sort of, like, everyone's going to be a bit shook because it's our first away and our first official match of the season. So um, to really, like, recreate that environment there is what's going to be key to us. Do you have any thoughts on the season coming up for you? Um, I'm actually really excited because, I, like, as you said, like, we have a super young team, um, and I think that that's going to be, like, really instrumental in, like, making the next at least two years of my career here um, really memorable. Um, we have a lot of experience, people coming from very different backgrounds, so I think everyone like contributes one different perspective, um, and it's going to be great. Like Having the three girls come back from abroad, it's just going to be like a whole new level of base squash, and I'm really excited to look forward to it. Let's take a look at the men's basketball team with head coach John Furbush and senior captain Sean Strickland. They compete in the main maritime tournament this weekend. The Bobcats' first game happens to be a non-NESCAC game against NESCAC foe, Trinity. Coach Furbos, I'll ask you first, you know, opening with a NESCAC opponent, that's um, throwing these guys right into the fire, isn't it? Yes, uh, we're playing a team that is about as physical a team in Division Three. so the, the first years that get a, a tickle of playing time will know what they're in for right out of the gates. So, But it's a great early test for us. One of the advantages to play in Trinity is that they have as few as as practices as we have, and so I think that we'll be on an even playing field from a preparation standpoint. And then, Sean, how much are you looking forward to seeing an NESCAC opponent right away? I'm really looking forward to it. You know, um, 
a lot of teams schedule like easier games on in a year just so like players can get their feel right um you know and they're still trying to learn their playbook and everything like that but with us open up against trinity it'll just be a, a good test for us early on um to see where we're at in terms of our toughness in terms of you know how how cohesive we are on the court together and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. For you personally, last year you missed most of the season because of an injury. You were able to come back there at the end. How are you feeling now, and what what did you learn from that experience? Oh, I'm feeling healthy now for you know the first time in a while. But I learned a lot just being able to watch the game um, as opposed to playing in it. So I just learned. I think the, the most important thing that I took away from it was um, just to be more patient in a lot of the things that I do. Um, just coming off ball screens and, and being patient, kind of letting the play develop before you attack and pick and choose which way you want to go. Um, and I think just you know taking a step back from the game and 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 seeing the way that <coughs> plays develop when you slow it down, you know, um, really help will help my game a lot this season. Excellent. Well, Coach Furbush, I think the question on everyone's mind right now is this is the first year in a while you haven't had the uh, Del Pesce twins there in the paint, so it's going to be a very different-looking Bobcats team, isn't it? Yes, it will be. <laughs> I think uh, defensively where we, we won't have as much uh, rim protection, uh, I think uh, the offensive game plan will probably be our best defense. I think that we're going to apply a lot of pressure on teams' defenses by the, the way that we play. So you know, hopefully our guards understand that you can't get beat off the bounce as much as you used to, Sean. Uh, and, and so uh, I think that the way we're going to play will be <clears throat> really helpful for us uh, to have success in the early season without those guys. And then from a guard's perspective, it's kind of the guard's show this year, isn't There's a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a fun, fast-paced game for us to play. And um, like you mentioned earlier, we don't have the Twins anymore. So, you know, physically we can't be the tallest team in the league, but – uh, I think we can be the toughest. We can be, you know, the 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 best coach. We can also play with the most pace. And I think, like, when we when we really focus in on the keys to like what we can do as a unit this year to be successful, then I mean, the only people that can hold us back is ourselves. Great. And then there's one big guy coming back though, Nick Lynch. Certainly, he had a good year. His first year got hurt last year, just like Sean, but he's back too, right? Yeah, Nick's back. He's healthy. Uh, he looks really good. Um, and, and we're going to throw him right into the fire, uh, partially because we have no other option. Uh, but he's he has had a great preseason. I think he's in better uh, condition than he was two years ago as a first year, and uh, I think that he's going to be an effective player. Again, with how we play, I think that even though he's a quote-unquote big, he gets up and down the floor really well, and he doesn't know any other way uh, that how to play them very hard. So he, he'll be a great mix with the four guards we put out there, and we're just happy that he's healthy. And then Sean is one of the captains. Uh, what do you tell some of the first years about what they can expect uh, this weekend? Uh, I just tell them to, you know, expect the unexpected, really, because it, there's really no way to to mentally prepare for something that you haven't experienced quite yet. So I just I just want to tell them to, you know, just be ready. And, you know, if, if the opportunity presents itself for you to get in the game and help us out, then you just got to, you know, you got to go out there and, and do what you do. Coach, who are some first-year names we should know who we'll see on the court this year probably? Well, this is the first year I think that <clears> – <throat> I mean, I could feasibly throw any of the first years out there to play. I think that they've had a great preseason and, and have built a lot of trust with me and, and understand what we're doing. Um, some of the guys that have, have caught our eye early on uh, are James Mortimer and Sonny Piplani. Uh, those two guys have um, you know, proven that they can then help us and they have a weapon that we can exploit. 
uh, as the season goes on, but I think any of them between Malik and Billy and David, uh, all those guys have proven that they're capable of helping us, um, and, and I think that there's a, an opportunity to have some spot minutes uh, given the situation. What have you noticed from them in practice? I noticed that they 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 rise to the occasion every day. Um, you know, they don't come in with this mentality as oh I'm a freshman, so you know I'm excused from having this certain level of competitiveness. They come in every day. They push you know the older guys on our team harder every day. They're crashing every rebound. They're you know they're diving on floor for loose balls. They're getting us pumped up before practice. You know I I, I think that they really brought a lot to the table this year that that can help us as a team. Coach, I gotta ask you about Nick Gilpin. This kid, he's fa- he fascinates me watching him last year. Like, he does everything well, but he's almost like you wish he was more selfish sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to get him to, you know, it's, I'm sure as a player it's nice to hear when your coach is telling you you need to shoot the ball more. Uh, and, and what's amazing about Nick is that even though he doesn't always shoot it, he still gets to the area he wants to get to. So he might have four or five feet of space, which would be a wide-open three, but he'll still rip right and get exactly where he wants to to make a scoring play. So I don't try to overmanage, you know, you know, Nick's game. I think he's a very good player. He's a very smart player, and, he, and the guys like to play with him. So, yeah, he is one of those kids that you look at a stat sheet and, and you're like, how did he impact the game that much? You know, he had three points and four rebounds and three assists. But you know, when you take him out of the game as a coach, you notice. Another guard who really stood out last year, obviously Jeff Spellman. I mean, this guy uh, came in, didn't start the year um, healthy or anything, but he came in when he was healthy and he was explosive. Yeah, one of the things about Jeff that was great that you know only a handful of people would understand is that when you miss 11 or 12 games and you come into practice when you first get healthy and you know all the plays and you know exactly where to be, I mean, it, it was like, you know, he was paying attention every day when he was out. But, yeah, Jeff does some things that I can't teach. I mean, he's he's able to to move a certain way. He's got great body control. He makes a lot of scoring passes. He can get a shot anytime he wants. Um, and I think that now that we have more of an open paint concept, he'll be able to drive in, in there and make some plays that we weren't able to in, in uh, last year. And then, Sean, what's it like to play with these fellow guards? Uh, they're a little bit younger than you, but obviously everyone shares kind of the point guard role, don't they? Yeah, this is this is my first time really, you know, being on the court with Nick Gilpin, and and I love it a lot. I mean, like like Coach Ferber says, sometimes he turns down shots. But when he turns down those shots, he sort of gets into an area on the court where he can make a, a better score and play for someone else on the team or take it himself. Um and just this past weekend was my first time really playing in a game, you know, like in the same lineup as he was. And and I could automatically feel he just has a good feel for the game. You know, he, he knows exactly where to be. He knows where to put the ball. And, and it's really fun playing with him. I understand we've had a, a kid emerge in Galloway. as some sound like he's finally healthy, right? And he's been pretty impressive. Yeah, Brandon for two years has not been healthy. And he's, um, you know, he's, he's what people would think he's like a 2-3 positionally. We have him at a backup five, which is which is in some ways scary. But he's he's a really strong kid, high high IQ. So where he maybe lacks some height, I think he he makes up for with his with his IQ. And uh, I think the guys really like playing with him. I and mean, the guards know anyone that's listening to this, like he's setting monster screens in practice. So if you use that screen properly, you will get open. And I think that he's somebody that will compete and help us win games. Um, and it doesn't matter that he's six foot two. Right, right. Uh, this team not that tall, but very physical, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I was preaching at the beginning of the year is that although we're not the tallest team, we we have to be the toughest team in the league if we if we want to have a chance at you know being at the top of the NESCAC. Uh because 
you know, other teams, they, they start 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, and we have Nick Lynch, obviously, who's 6'7". But after that, we're, we're rather small, so we have to make up for it in our, our defensive intensity, the way we run the floor every play, um, you know, just diving after loose balls, just doing all the sort of dirty work, I would call it, that other teams don't want to do because they have that extra size that they can lean on where those things come naturally. Yeah, it's not quite positionless basketball like you see in the NBA sometimes, but it's getting there. Yeah, the, the game is definitely gravitating that way. And, and the more playmakers you can put out there that can shoot that don't have too many deficiencies on defense, the better you can be. And so, uh, you know, we're going to do a lot of switching defensively this year, which I think is going to help us, um, you know, hopefully stay out of foul trouble and and, and lead to a lot of transition uh, offense that's going to get us some early shots. And, and I think that uh, that is kind of the model we're looking for, the Golden State. Now, do we have that personnel? No, but I think that <laughs> from the Division three standpoint, I think that we do have a lot of good guards that can uh, create and score and, and play at a tempo that uh, teams can't really replicate in practice. I think if you don't play fast, it's going to be hard to prepare for what we're going to do. The women's basketball team also begins its season on the road. And head coach Allison Montgomery tells us all about her squad. Coach, first of all, obviously the headliner returning, Nina Davenport, a volume scorer, if you will, her senior year. Uh, what are you looking for her from this season, maybe to continue her development um, and finish strong? Yeah, um, you know, we've, Nina and I have talked a ton just about her development, her growth, both as a player and a leader. And I think, I mean, there's no doubt she's a super talented player who has potential to just take over um, and win games. Um, so I think for her, the trick is just consistency, um, being able to kind of perform at that level um, a bit more often. And I think a big part of that has just been focusing on developing her ability as a leader um, and sort of, um, yeah, yeah, I think leading our team both in terms of like having good mental toughness um, and then, yeah, just, you know, playing through adversity, playing through ups and downs, which is, you know, just a part of competing um, in general, but definitely on the basketball court. So, um, yeah, just looking for her to be to do what she does, but to do it a lot more consistently. Third season as head coach here at Bates. What are some similarities or differences you notice about this year's team compared to the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll be pretty different the way that we present on the court where we don't have a post presence. Like in losing Ali Capola, we don't really have a big post presence um, yet that, that we've established yet. So um, we are hoping to use our strength of being a little quicker, um, having some talented guard play. Um, so we want to play more up-tempo. Like, you know, even in Nina being a post player for us, she's our fastest player. Um, and so wanting to run more and transition, that's what we've been focusing on in our first couple weeks of practice, getting up and down the court offensively. And then um, being a little different defensively, we've been a pretty much a half-court player-to-player um, -player team. And we've been working on a press, and we're going to work on some zones. And um, – just try to try to make the tempo feel a little different this year. So I think I think that'll be a change. I know you definitely have some players who like to shoot the ball. One of them being Lise Henshaw, who's also a senior. She's obviously had her moments throughout her career, hasn't she? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we have um, we've had some pretty like streaky shooters. So it's like I think you know I can only imagine um, being a coach preparing to play against us and thinking like, okay, well, like if the hot base team shows up, like we might have our hands full. Um, so, you know, it's just been a real focus. I mean, I think our kids have been pretty committed, particularly least to getting in the gym and just shooting the ball a ton. Um, you know, but then it's another challenge, obviously, to convert that to like performing that way in games. Um, so yeah, I think again, like I talked about, um, a little bit with Nina's play, just as a team, 
wanting to establish some consistency. Um, and I think that a lot of that just comes down to like mental toughness and, and the way we're approaching each game. In terms of running the offense, I know Carly Christoffi last mm-hmm. year really earned a lot of playing time, especially late in the season as as the point guard, basically. Do you see her as in that role again? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I definitely do. I think um, you know, she it was exciting. She had some nice moments as a freshman and kind of took that took that role on nicely. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely looking for her to be like another another year under her belt, like more confidence and um, yeah, wanting her to take on that role. And and we do have um, you know a freshman who will be able to share that role with her. I think. And I mean, I can I can definitely imagine them in the game together at the same time, especially the type of game we want to play, being up tempo and pushing the ball. I love the idea of having like multiple people on the court who can handle the ball and make decisions with the ball. So tell us about some of your first years who we should watch out for. We have an interesting composition on our team this year, having five seniors and six freshmen. (laughs) So it's kind of like top heavy and bottom heavy in terms of um, class year, um, which is kind of interesting. So, I mean, our freshmen have already just had a big impact in terms of the size of their class. So it's, it definitely kind of affects our identity. Um, but yeah, we are in a position where we would really like, um, a lot of them to impact games right away. Um, so we have, like I mentioned, um, a point guard who will share some minutes with Carly's Julia Middlebrook. She just thus far, I mean, it's so early in the year, but just thus far, she's really impacted us with really good energy. Um, she's super just, yeah, energetic, bouncy, um, competitive, um, which are all very appealing qualities, obviously, and plays really hard. And um, so, yeah, we're looking to her, we're, we're going to look for her to you know help us a ton. Um, Caroline Bogue is sort of a she's a little bit of an undersized post, but she definitely for us is is um, has the size um, that we need to sort of um, help us in the post. Just kind of be a physical player. Um, you know, obviously we got to fill in some holes with rebounding that we lost with Ali Capola, who is just like an exceptional rebounder. Um, so we hope that she can do that and just, you know, defend in the post. Um, we'll be doing some different things offensively where we're not going to rely on trying to score inside a ton. Um, but definitely defensively, we'll need her to kind of play that role. Um, yeah, we have an injured freshman right now, Taylor McVeigh, who, um, has been out kind of all preseason, but we expect her back soon. And, whatever she can do to kind of fill in those, fill in those gaps, um, again, as a post player, um, is really going to be needed. And then, you know, we have a couple other freshmen that I think, um, you know, Sky Conley, Meredith Melody and Olivia O'Regan, I think like it's still so early and we'll see kind of what they can bring, but so far they've brought really good energy to practice. Um, and like I said, with just being such, such a big group with the six of them, um, we're going to need their energy kind of both in the context of practice and games. Who's a player who might be a little bit like, hasn't been a headliner in recent years, who you maybe expect to have maybe a breakthrough season? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, I mean, like Erica Lemire, when she went out last year with a um, ACL tear, was kind of just hitting her stride. Like she was coming off a great game, just shooting the ball well. While I think like when she's healthy, um, she's kind of one of our better natural shooters. Um, so she's coming back from an injury and um, – is progressing well so that will just kind of be interesting to see kind of how she how she comes back and um and sort of what her progression is there so I you know that would be great if she could kind of hit her stride and um you know we're definitely looking for Lexi Nason our senior captain um who's been so consistent and so solid for us and just played really key minutes um throughout her career during my time here and so um would love her to just kind of expand that role she's out right now with an injury but 
um, would love her to, you know, to continue to bring what she brings, but also like really, um, really step into that role. And I mean, I think we've had, you know, a couple other seniors that just um, have had really solid careers. I think Emily Friedland has a good, um, good potential to just really help us defensively, particularly with the type of defense we're trying to play with being more pressure and um, full court sort of defense, which she's really good kind of on the ball. She's quick. So. Great. And you mentioned Nathan being the captain. Is that voted on by the team or do you assign that and what qualities make her such a good uh, leader? Yeah, that's a great question. We we did something this year where we actually, I mean, the team voted on it, um, but we did an interview process where anyone who was interested um, had to kind of submit essentially an application like this is why I want the job. And um, I created, you know, as a coach, I created the job description for what I think it is. I think so often um, – what a captain is and what the expectations are just sort of it's it's just kind of assumed like everyone knows what it is but I think we realized there was a real need to actually um, flesh that out and what the expectations are both um, just you know in terms of my expectations as a coach and what we expect as a team so that was a really good exercise for us as a team I think it it really allowed um, everyone on our team to have a voice and to ask those candidates questions um, and we were able to work through a lot of things on our team I think um, essentially, I mean, what emerged from that is you've heard me mention it like four times, but consistency is something that we've lacked, um, and something that I think everyone recognizes that we need. So while, you know, we have five seniors and while all of them have huge strengths and bring a lot to our team, um, it just, Lexi has just emerged as the one who is most consistent, um, both just sort of in our personal relationships with everyone and then also what she brings to the court. So I think our team just sort of, I mean, she was unanimous and I think our team just kind of decided like we really value consistency and that's what we need. And this person does it all the time and we can rely on that. Um, and so that's, yeah, I was kind of proud of that from our team cause I, I definitely agree. Um, but we have maintained, we do have a leadership group that, um, is comprised of four of our seniors who were all candidates for captain because they all bring really valuable things and we certainly need them all to do all that if we're going to be, have some success. So. Going off the court a minute, you were part of the student-athlete advisory committee that raised $1,300 for the Red Cross's Astra Relief Fund over the weekend. Uh, how did that process go? Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, – so Becky Woods, the Nordic ski coach, and I are um, are just leading that group this year. Um, our vision is that they they just sort of lead the group, and we are just kind of there as a sounding board, and they tell us what they need, and then we see kind of what we can do to help. But – um, this initiative the um, for the hurricane disaster relief is a NESCAC-wide initiative. Um, so every school in the NESCAC is doing some something um, similar to try to raise some money. Um, but yeah, so what they came up with was tabling, you know, which is a pretty pretty common thing to do to get the word out about something and raise money. But they tabled in commons and then during a football game. But um, we just sort of – we realized it, the, the key to raising that amount of money in, like – three days, but really like a total of six hours of tabling, um, was that people were able to use the Venmo app. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So because like, so I'm in there like, you know, I, kids were on, on the SAC committee were like, you know, people like don't have cash and right. they're not going to like, they're not going to give us cash. So if there's an easy way to do that, mm-hmm. um, so that was their genius. Um, and they're, you know, that generation's mind, which, you know, I recently just learned about Venmo, but, um, <laughs> so that seemed to really really help and um and obviously like it's a great cause that i think um pull on a lot of people so um 
yeah, but they did a great job of kind of committing to that and um, having good energy around it and raised some nice money. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap the first winter sports weekend and how Catherine Cook does representing Bates at the NCAA Cross Country Championships. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bye.